You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. Being dependent on broadcasting money is reality because people will not come back in those masses, will not fill the stadium as easy unless you're really winning all the games. Yeah, So the cup will be full, but many others won't be. TikTok is becoming an ocean of content and to be found in that ocean, yeah, to stand out in that ocean of content needs more than just football related content. And I predict that in the next rights holders proposals, which will be next circle, that even clubs will bid for certain countries and markets where they want to bring content out because linear TV is constantly decreasing. And you can see it in the younger generation, it's completely vanished from their consumption of content. Hi there, welcome to Sports Content Strategy. My name is Richard Clark. My guest this time is Mario Leo. He's the general manager and founder of Result Sports and Regular listeners to Sports Content Strategy will know Mario. I have him on around this time every year to discuss the year just gone and the year to come in terms of sports business metrics, data, digital strategy, business strategy in general. He's a very trusted voice in the industry, someone who comes from a very holistic and compassionate viewpoint about what sport means and how it should sensibly and carefully monetize itself. He's just had a book published on his philosophy in this particular area. Unfortunately it's not been translated into English yet and of course plug plug my book is out last wicket stand on county cricket, midlife, life, the universe and everything. You can get that via Amazon or my website mrrichardclark.com. You can also follow me on social media at Mr. Richard Clark. And of course, if you need a consultant in sports content strategy, digital, social media, communications, content for CRM, then just let me know via my website. Anyway, without further ado, let's discuss sports metrics, sports business, sports strategy with my go-to guy for sports data and sports statistics and sports metrics and one of the most intelligent men in the business, and my friend too, is this man. Yeah, so my name is Mario Leo. I'm the general manager, founder and CEO of, of Result Sports. Uh, Result Sports is a digital platform where expertise, know-how uh, on anything aspects in terms of digitalization, digital transformation on athletes, clubs, leagues and federations uh, or associations are, are taking place. Um, underneath, we have a, have a, a series of, of services um, probably four pillars to be to be main of so analytics and, and, and monitoring being the first um, strategic and, and digital transformation being the second pillar um, digital marketing campaigning being the third pillar and, and education and, and and online seminars being the fourth sort of main pillar um, mainly because of, of my interest in, in sharing knowledge and expertise yeah we're doing that for the last 10 years uh, we're working now in about 10 European uh, leagues um, with, with clubs um, and leagues, um, seven in Africa, about, yeah, seven in Africa. And obviously then obviously with, through the UEFA Crow uh, mentoring program with the UEFA Crow, I'm working with about 17, 18 national association. But having said that, I've also been part of the COVID-19 task force. Uh, shifting sponsorships from classical sponsorships to 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 digital um, channels, um, which was relevant for all 55 associations. So, 
yeah, been a been a busy bee uh, for the past ten years, and and obviously, yeah, been 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 very recognized in in the in the sports industry as well as as a sort of not a digital pioneer, but as a as a as a digital person, um, and and yeah, highly highly value that. And it's the fourth year, I think, that we've done this, which is our end of year or start of year, depending on which way you want to see it, uh, discussion about where digital is, specifically chat based around social media, numbers and trends and life, the digital life universe and everything, I, I want to say, to be honest. So, I mean, open-ended question, but what type of year has it been? Obviously, COVID's been over everything, but what trends have you seen? Um, probably the biggest trend is obviously caused and forced by, by COVID-19. Yeah? Obviously, when, when you have a lockdown, uh, when you don't have a, a player around, when you don't have regular training uh, with your players um, and you want to still have value to, to the target audience, yeah? you don't juggle with toilet papers. Uh, and, and obviously the fifth, the fifth repeat of, of a grand final or a cup final or, or a super derby is kind of boring as well. So, so clubs have gone beyond. Um, they're, they're, they're sporting weak uh, and have thought um, and, and sort of have, have moved uh, and, and, and progressed in, in the area of, of digital um, responsibility, digital sustainability, uh, talking about club sustainabilities, uh, about social values. Um, about society values, I think um, those those being the, the most uh, foremost sort of changes and, and, and adoptions in in sport in sports teams and sports clubs. Um, I don't think it's it's going to go back. Uh, I think I think clubs um, obviously need to have a political stand. They need to have a society value. They need to think of their sustainability impact um, and and. And, and obviously, we've we've been working with with a number of clubs in, in executing those. And obviously, yeah, from from obviously most most of most of it was was compensation of of in venue sponsorships. Uh, obviously, that that was a big task for for a lot of um, clubs to move them into and compensate them in 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 digital areas. Yeah, moving sponsors from inside the venue to to the social media platforms. Uh, maintaining the sponsorships because obviously a global pandemic meant that not only the, the lockdown and, and the match weeks uh, and the attendance fell away, uh, but also sponsors struggled yeah, because their, their revenue were cut and affected heavily as well. So obviously talking about responsibilities um, and, and, and that is, is, is a, is a, was, was probably the, the biggest impact uh, across the year. It's strange, isn't it? Because COVID has forced us to reassess or, to, or force sports organizations to reassess the way they converse, the way they connect with their fan base. And as you said, have a, a social conscience, a purpose, a meaning. And yet at the same time, a lot of the push has been to keep the lights on, which is keep the sponsors happy by pumping out content that satisfies them. So you've got these sort of two extremes that almost need to be satisfied, that it's forced us to think differently about our sport, but <laughs> when it comes down to it, we don't have a sport unless we can pay for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that sort of helped actually the, the, both, the both areas significantly. The target audience, the fans, they, they realized that without sponsors, their, their clubs wouldn't be able to maintain because obviously 
matchday revenues, yeah, ticketing, um, and and obviously food and beverage and in clubs does impact uh, the the clubs um, annual annual budget significantly. I mean, in Germany, we usually have at least 30, 35 percent um, food and beverage and, and matchday ticketing as being part of part of the annual annual funding um, of a club. And if that's not there anymore, obviously it's it's significantly impacting clubs planning. Um, and clubs' performances, and and obviously, yeah, and, and and therefore, obviously, the fans do understand that sponsors are required um, in in that part of of business, and obviously, having them on the digital platforms um, as as a value contributor to fan engaging content, it obviously really helped to to sort of cross a bridge which was not there before, because in the in the beginning, sponsors just sort of wanted to access social media channels just to be present to have a large target audience to have visibility um, and obviously now it was when obviously the, there's there's no games um, in the initial lockdown march and april um, and, and may um, uh, for for the majority of of, of leagues um, obviously there it's still not that life needed to go on but obviously the, the the activation needed needed to take place and i think that that sort of helped Fans to understand that sponsors are required to some extent on social platforms as well, and obviously for sponsors to really put a, a more thoughtful um, approach onto onto what is it actually the fans are interested in, uh, and and you know I mean result has been been really looking into fan centric approach for the last four five six eight years, for very fan centric driven. And obviously for us it, it's been been actually. Yeah, sort of really not a dream come true, but obviously reality uh, sort of became more weight um, in in that or carried more weight, and and obviously all the sponsors were 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 really um, yeah open minded in in the activation campaigns, especially the ones we've we've been talking to. Um, they've they've been really thoughtful, in saying, but but what is it? What is it? What fans does it? What what is it? What what fans do take an interest on? Um, and and before that, that was just about oh, this is my brand, this is my product, this is what how I want to activate, and this is who I want to who I want to reach. Um, and and obviously, it was what was a bit more of a controversial discussion. While now it is a very um, meaningful final goal, ultimate goal, ultimate objective discussion, which is which is, I think is carries much more weight. So that feeds into my next question. You alluded to it in your first answer. Of the massive changes that we've seen, what do you think in the, in the digital realm and social media realm, what's going to stay the same? What is going to be carried over and become the norm on the back of the COVID changes, in your opinion? I, I think what, what changes is, is really the, the way content is being, being planned um, on, on the club side, the way, the way clubs' internal organisations sort of uh, bring the content mix together because obviously through with with the pandemic yeah, without match day conceptual thinking or without without match days at all um, there, there was a big big uh, clubs sort of hang on to match day after match day after match day and you could see that from the content if you lost a the game then he said yeah you just yeah we need to close it yeah we need to take we need we need to learn the lessons from that match and need to focus on the next match yeah, through the global pandemic, there was no next match. Yeah, there was there was twelve weeks. There were no matches, uh, and obviously there 
it was it was very very challenging for the social media teams but but their relevance within the sporting organization has significantly increased yeah because obviously the ticketing the marketing departments and everything reached out to the social media teams and said hey yeah what is it what can we actually actually post yeah publish um, into the social media channels, which is relevant, yeah, which is relevant to the audience, which the, which engages the audience, which which maintains the audience um, with us, um, and obviously there there came great ideas. Um, I don't know whether you heard it in the UK, Alba Berlin, which is a German basketball team. Uh, they they started their YouTube channel in I think in in August two thousand and eight, until March two thousand and twenty, they had four thousand. YouTube subscribers. Then, because the athlete, athletics coaching staff um, were were kind of idle, uh, because because obviously the players were in home isolation, um, and they came up in the club with the idea: let's do sporting lessons for children because childrens are at home; they don't have school, but they need physical exercise. So the coaches basically developed a forty-five minute training lecture for kindergartens, for uh, primary schools, for secondary schools, for higher higher education, for university. And within six weeks, they, they grow their YouTube audience uh, from 4,800 something to 90,000. Because obviously media carried their message saying, hey, this sport uh, club is taking care of, of our society. It's make, because obviously obesity, yeah, diabetes, yeah, less physical exercise with the, the rising of, of e-gaming and e-sports um, in, in, in the younger generation has really materialized um, in an area that obviously that, that this club has, has, that the media has basically featured this club as being the, the core example for, for taking relevance in society aspects, in society needs, and delivers this, this sporting programs to the target audience. And then that obviously carried on to illuminate to 90k and i think now they they probably end of year they're probably closing off with with 100k youtube subscribers so so being relevant uh, and and know what the target audience need has really helped them yeah quantify times 30 or times 40 what they had done 10 years before yeah because obviously before 10 years before they were just press conference there was just match reviews match highlights everything match related um, and and obviously and you could see there is a gap between the target audience and obviously the hardcore fans wanting to see match highlights. And obviously less people want to see a match highlight if you lost the game because people just don't, don't bother uh, about losing on because they carry on to the next week until the team wins. And obviously that, that significantly shifted. Online consumption, obviously through a pandemic, beefed up, yeah, grown significantly. But obviously, that also meant that 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 the interest of of online uh, alongside the society has given much more alternatives than just your favorite football team or your favorite basketball team. So, so obviously, um, there's much more competition now on online to the club or to the league than than it was before. Yeah, where you had your weekly routine. So every other week you went to the home match. Yeah, on the away match you either traveled with the away. Uh, section, but but all that has, has sort of completely stalled, and and obviously there's there's 
uh, we can see it, yeah, because now social distancing is about 10, 11 months um, in action. And we can see that um, engagement decreases by a number of clubs who, who sort of continue to maintain just sporting content on, on, their, on their channels. Um, and, and, it, in, it, and it's increasing with clubs who are saying, this is what we're going to do in the next two to three, four, five years for race to zero climate or climate neutral. neutral, neutral. Uh, this is what we're going to do against obesity. This is what we're going to do for less fortunate um, um, parts in our society. Like Marcus Rashford. I mean, you, you saw that obviously sporting highlights, idols, legends sort of appeared and saying, we're just much more than just a footballer. Yeah, we have to take responsibility for our society and we want to continue grow our society. So you could see that obviously there's, I mean, I'm talking four or five different topics which we can carry on our discussion on, but it's, it's, it's sort of, it shows you overall that, that sports um, in the cultures in each society is much more than just match days. Yeah, I think, and this is the old thing that, it takes so long to understand this. And I probably didn't understand this when I was younger, but if you want something, the, the idea when you're younger is I'm going to take it. I'm going to get some, I'm going to take it. And if I, if I create something that allows me to take it, that's fine. Actually in the long term, if you want to get something, you need to give something. And the concept, if we can move sports clubs into the frame of mind where they're giving something, they're giving a worldview that people can get on board with. That comes yeah. back to them, not only in uh, hammering down the, the, the support of those with already a concept of meaning identity around that club, but it also brings in outside people. But it has to be real. And Marcus Rashford. Absolutely. It has to be. It needs to be tangible. It needs yeah. to be tangible. It needs to be relevant. But, but, it needs but, to be actual as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, you know, it can't be the CSR scheme is something we do in order to, for us to put it at the top of our shareholders report. And basically, we keep them happy by giving them a little bit of funding to do some good stuff. And that makes us look good. What, what, what happened with Marcus Rashford is he was the kid whose family could not afford to eat. And it's yeah. real. And, you know, you've seen it, actually. You've seen it at a wider point. But you've seen it in the British press. They've started to a little bit chip away at the realism of his story, or tried to, and they really can't. <laughs> because he brings out his mum, not deliberately, but his mum comes out and says, yeah, there's various nights I didn't eat because I wanted the kids to eat. And that's real. And they've stacked it yeah. up. You know, you know that certain people certainly in the British press, I won't talk about the German press or anyone else, but the British press is minded to bring down heroes. And with Marcus Absolutely. Rashford... Well, this is, this is, and this you know, is everywhere oh. because this is, this is Richard, this is, this is the media's business model over the last three, four years. Yeah? With the ever-increasing relevance of social media where news is happening at the real-time pace, uh, the, the, the actual business model of a classical publisher... Um, of a classical media house is, is, is falling apart. So obviously they need to counter it by discredit the person, yeah, by, by, by bringing down heroes, by bringing down legends to show that they still hold some power to the society. 
but obviously that Marcus Rashford is 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 a classical case, and there are many others in Germany as well. But but media across across the globe, uh, and and that's where the only thing yeah, over the last four years of Donald Trump's regime, which takes place, is fake news. Yeah, because he obviously highlighted those medias. For him, all media was negative. But in generally, he highlighted one point which media doesn't reflect on itself. It, the, the media is basically bringing, dividing societies because they, they ultimately just take a stand to sell, to best sell their products, to reach the highest click rate. And obviously that changes from today to tomorrow, depending on the themes and the topics around uh, the discussion um, in bars, in pubs and everything. So they want to take those, those things. And, and, and we've been, been very cautious about media um, over, over the last three, four years. And, and I said sports clubs, they need to think independently from whatever leading Boulevard magazine brings out because you need, we, we are quality assurer. Apart from Arsenal, yeah, which sort of has sometimes a tweet saying, this is the media aligning us with this player and this player and this player, which sort of spreads rumors. But all the other clubs, they just kind of are just quality assurer. Yeah, they, they say, we've signed this player. Yeah, we've, we've, we've loaned this player. So this is our factual-based communication. Yeah, there's no rumor saying, oh, yes, this player is discussing with us or this player is coming for a medical a player only comes to medical if you want to sign him. So obviously you are, you are kind of a quality communication. What the media departments in sport clubs have to take off, it's a burden, obviously being the positive news distributor. Everything is possible. Even Arsenal media, yeah, with being 14th or 13th now in the table, still social media is kind of a positive news generator while every fan feels gosh, we're not good. Yeah, it's not, nothing is positive about us, but why do you write positive? So the social media departments basically need to hold, need to get the comfort within the supporting board of director level that they can ask challenging questions to the players. What was wrong today? Yeah, why didn't it work out? Why did this player pass you three, four, five times? Being a little bit more critical in your communication, taking on that external journalist, quality journalism approach in, in communication of a club, then I think even more trustfulness comes into, into the, the club's departments um, in, in the time to come. Yeah, well, <laughs> not going off on a tangent, but having been the person who tried to do that and introduce more shades of grey, it is very difficult to do that clubs when uh, and this is not I'm not talking specifically about Arsenal because I've talked I've worked in many I know organizations you've worked in many world. many leagues and everywhere yeah. it's everywhere many the same world world. and one thing that in, is in, in is every true. culture yes yeah. whether it's Indonesia whether it's Colorado Rapids whether it's UAE whether it's everywhere if results don't go right the first thing that a club will tend to do is try and cut off media access and because the players are not focused blah 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 and then cut off all the all the negative stories and it opens up a reality gap uh, between what the club is saying and what the wider media is saying and my approach and I've written papers on this and you know written diagrams and produced powerpoints on how to do this I've never been able to properly convince a front office 
that shades of grey, introducing shades of grey, introducing uh, ways of communicating where you have personas, where you, you, you shift your persona according to where you think you are in order to close that reality gap, which actually makes you more meaningful and more resonant with the fans and speaking the truth to the fans. They, so they're going to believe you more uh, is useful. It's, I, I've never truly been able to do that because remember that the front offices are not judged on that basis. They don't judge themselves on that basis. They don't have pressure behind them saying, we need to close this reality cap. It just doesn't work. So, so it's, it's, but it it's changed. hard. Rich, Richard, it changed with COVID-19 because obviously when you cannot activate your sponsors in match days anymore, yeah, apart from, apart from a curtain or a cover you put on the, on the opposite side of your stand where you transport your main sponsors, but, but these are just the five, six main sponsors. Yeah? What do you do with the level two sponsors who are saying, we need visibility. If you don't give us the visibility in our contract, then you have to pay us back. You have to compensate us back. So obviously, immediately the marketing department says, I need to go to social media. I need to go to a digital channel. The, the media department or the social media department vetoes and saying, we don't want to over-commercialize our target audience. So it's a clash in the corridor and that clash in the corridor means I escalated to the board of directors and suddenly the board of director comes into it or the, the, the chief executive, the chief revenue officers, they get first of for, for the first time really involved in a social media communication strategy. Before that, they were never bo bothered about about getting into that uh, I, and obviously I, I, I disagree with that i had that many times down the line when social media starts fast first started to get commercialized I, that got escalated Rich, this year i'm, I'm talking i'm talking would, april april to november this year but i had many many such conversations where we clashed and it would go up five or six years ago yeah six seven years ago when social media was first started to be commercialized what I, I agree with you is that that will have definitely happened this year but when you're at a bigger club that discussion was but, was but ha before, ha happened but already before that, many times. before that you were not holding the power because media departments were cost centers marketing bringing in money so who's bringing in the money is in power towards the executive uh, yeah. social media is just an it's just social media was for very very long time just seen as this is our media department who communicates with the target audience this is our journalist who communicates with the target audience it there might be some overlap but but it's just like a journalistic approach what? and what we see this hmm. year is that social media is becoming more psychological yeah what does it need to activate this fan? What does it need to take this fan, to bond this fan closer to us? What does it take to get him spent? Because obviously, when, when all there's lockdowns and, and obviously your merchandise, yeah, you know, I mean, the Christmas season is a heavy, heavy merchandise selling season where merch is being, done, uh, is being sold to the hundreds of thousands, often to a million at, at bigger clubs. And obviously, there's no store. Yeah, you can't go into your club store, your fan store, buy a product because it's locked down um, access. So, so obviously, now you obviously need to, to bring also your shop window onto social media, onto the digital platforms as well. You need to campaign about your, your products. And obviously, then, yeah, the social media administrator is a gatekeeper of the entire club's destiny. 
And then he's suddenly having a very, very higher relevance from the chief revenue officer, from the chief commercial officer, where his voice is being heard. Before that, he was just instructed, no access, no access, yeah, no communication, yeah, stay behind. This is your, your task, what you need to do. Some were KPI driven, but some not. But, but, but I think my observations across all, all the departments is uh, across all, all the leagues we've, we've been working with, that, that social media has been, been very, very highly sort of recognized and valued in, 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 in the pandemic. I think it was always the driver five or six years ago who was recognized as the driver because, or those working in it recognized themselves as the drivers because everyone was coming to them and they were being inundated and they actually had to become policemen over the often the silos that with the competing silos that existed within clubs and everyone wanted to use social media and digital as the driver of their particular silo. And of course that gave um, the social media digital leaders a lot of power, albeit it wasn't recognized. And what I'm still to see, which will be the, the acid test for me that, that there has been a marked change is when I'm seeing front offices with content director SVP of content sitting on it. I know that is changing a little bit, but it's not very quick. In my opinion, you're still seeing head of communications there. You're still seeing CCO there. You're still seeing COO is seeing all those departments. But if content is the driver for the business of the operation and social media is as part of content and lobbing that all together in one yeah. person, that person still isn't sitting there, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it also needs changes, obviously, on, on, on the licensing side, yeah, sort of on the leaks and on, and on UEFA side. And I, I know that UEFA, for example, has been very flexible if National Association asked for specific content releases. Because, see, in the Bundesliga, from the actual season, a club can only use 30 seconds per month of actual content on this current season which is ri ridiculously nothing. Uh, and obviously, Premier League obviously has changed that. And you can see yeah, the, the Spurs goal uh, versus, versus Arsenal. Just, just the London derby sticks to my eyes because it was about kind of like two and a half, three hours after, after the, the, the game was, had a full-time whistle that, that Spurs brought on this Heung Min Son counter-attacking goal, uh, first goal to break the deadlock on, on, on the Northeastern Derby. It was before midnight. So even those midnight barriers, which the UK has, um, sort of was kindly softened, I would say. And I think that, that, that attitude is, is changing, that obviously content needs to come in much more quicker because otherwise you, your relevance will continue to decrease because you need to hold the discussion and the conversation inside the clubs, inside the leagues, and not give it out to your rights holders, to your broadcasters, who then can use the content to bring their discussion on their side. It needs to be inside the league, inside the clubs. Yeah. Otherwise, the clubs will really fade, f f continuously fade away. And, I, and I'm, I sort of predict that in the next rights holders sort of proposals, which will be next circle, that even clubs will bid for certain countries and markets where they want to bring content out because linear TV is constantly decreasing and you can see it in the younger generation. It's completely vanished uh, from their, from their um, consumption of content. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Premier League has been at the forefront of that basically 
I think is because it's it's the most ripped off <laughs> content in the world. So you know they've changed the the uh, I think the YouTube uh, clips can go on not long after the end of the game, and you get even get clips within game, and but they come out of Sky Sports um, Twitter feed, and they've got a pre-roll on them because you're going to want to watch them because that would be the first place. So it, it presents it in a honest, more a more, yeah, and a to more, be honest, Rich, Sky Sports should be highly interested to have that as well, to have their brand associated with it as well. Because obviously, as a pay TV broadcaster, you you need your unique content to be shown and aligned with you. And, 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 and it, it needs to be in small slices because obviously it, it, it leads people to buy a subscription. Because if they just too overly protective, they're going to be substituted, and they they won't be they won't be in existence in the next three four years anymore. Yeah, and um, let's change tack. Um, I always enjoy our discussions over where the social media platforms are. So you know quickly, because we don't want to go down the Twitter rabbit hole because we've gone down one of those in the years gone past. But but just just. Briefly, just tell us where the big ones are, where they've moved and where you think they're going to move, where they moved in 2020 and where they're, where they're going in the next year, in your opinion. Obviously, I, I failed heavily on, on the forecast of Instagram switching the growth. Uh, but but and ultimately, this was because of a very big contender coming in and sort of rivaling the target audience of Instagram, a, a platform called TikTok. Um, and, and obviously, TikTok um, has sort of, flourished the innovation on Instagram yeah, with, with reels, uh, with, with the functionality increases. So actually for the users, um, it's, it's paradise uh, with, with, with video tools, with, with functionalities, which ever increasing visibilities. So obviously Instagram's relevance has grown uh, because of its functionality increase. Uh, and obviously because, because the, the audience was, was continuously growing. If there wouldn't be a TikTok, I strongly I maintain um, my my point that TikTok now would not have that ultimate growth anymore, um, because it would have gone into a an advertisement platform similar to Facebook. Instagram wouldn't have that. You said TikTok, but you mean Instagram. yeah, no, Instagram yeah. wouldn't yeah, have yeah. that exactly. But because TikTok came in, yeah, yes, TikTok yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of maintain maintain sort of their innovations and and sort of. Um, and, and obviously, it's it's a it's a very fan centric uh, approach where where creativity of a user sort of flourishes um, on 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 the news feed or in the news stream. So yeah, obviously, talked about TikTok. Um, it took it took a while uh, for all the clubs to realize. And again, sort of in the top ten, Man, Man United uh, is is sort of the last one to join uh, the bandwagon. Uh, and you can always, see that obviously always, <laughs> always, yeah. But, They've but, just but gone usually, past a million, but always. <laughs> always yeah, always. I know. But but usually they they but the reasons before that they were because they're having an exclusive agreement with one party, yeah, where they couldn't have another platform in. This time they just thought. Uh, TikTok might not be kind of that platform for us yeah, until sort of the last person inside the organization was convinced that, that it is right the right time. But you could see already that in the beginning of the year, if Man United would have would have would have launched their profile in the beginning of the year, for them to reach a million would have not lasted four weeks. Now it took them already almost three months yeah, to reach that first big milestone because you can see that sort of um, 
TikTok is becoming an ocean of content, yeah, and to be found in that ocean, yeah, to stand out in that ocean of content, um, is is needs more than just football related content. Um, and and you need to be creative. You need to hit the right hashtag. Uh, you need to hit the right uh, song, yeah, which is the most important in TikTok. Yeah, which song is is trending and which song is relevant in the audience. Um, and obviously, there therefore. A, a content plan, an editorial plan of what to do is is not working at all, and, and therefore you need to you need to be um, you need to have your ears on the ground, what is relevant in in the audience. You need to be daily on the platform um, of TikTok to to identify what is needed, and that that is not something football clubs have been really learned in the past year because when they say when when they enter a platform everything turns around them on the platform. And, and the only thing we, which we notified is that, that sort of Juventus was the only team where the, the, the country representative of, of the platform, TikTok, was, was giving them a little bit an edge. Yeah? Because the first eight content uh, pieces Juventus released, they all had more than one million reach, all than more, more one million impressions. And that comes basically by this suggested user list or suggested content list. So obviously Juventus seem to have an agreement with TikTok yeah, that the first content pieces came always very high in the newsfeed. So it had, had the, the, the possibility to reach a mass audience. And Man United didn't have that because I think I remembered when we looked at it, sort of the, the third, the fourth, the fifth content they published had only 50, 60, 70,000 views, which is nothing yeah, compared to the global size of, of Man United. So obviously, TikTok UK, didn't, they liked Man United to be on the platform, but it wasn't their ultimate goal to have Man United on the platform to push Man United's content. And that obviously is a huge difference compared to any other platform where the football clubs hold a significantly higher power on, over their content compared to to TikTok, so um, and that's and that's very very exciting to see because obviously it it, it shows that that um, the, the the platform doesn't calculate being a sport related platform where t Twitter for example is full has been always fully empowering sport clubs with everything possible it's just never materialized. Yeah, on a, on, a, on a commercial strategy for the platform that it really made sense for a football club to bring some exclusive content on the platform. Um, and, and therefore, we saw, obviously, Chelsea with Sina Weibo making an exclusive agreement that obviously sort of the dugout chain of, 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 of exclusive content is becoming competitive now on platforms. Yeah, that Sina Weibo gets some exclusive pieces from Chelsea that... YouTube will sign here and there an agreement with 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 the uh, with with some clubs uh, to get exclusive content. That Instagram will and Facebook will sign exclusive agreements for certain content pieces um, from from larger clubs. Um, that's that's something which which I foresee for for 2021 um, because obviously Amazon um, Amazon series uh, Amazon behind the, the scenes um, content. Is, 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 is forcing uh, competition for social platforms, uh, bringing them to, to an Amazon. Um, and obviously we see, we see obviously that 
content is becoming king, stories and sequels um, and series types is, is becoming key, um, that platforms have the possibility because obviously they have the reach, they have the audience and they should sort of bring those series onto it as well. And you can see with some of the hirings that, that this, creative, this creativity is moving onto the platform, then just providing the platform for the for the people to you or for the user to use it and to bring content on is not enough platforms need to evolve as well what about facebook and its problems because it's becoming um i was going to say toxic but it's becoming uh tainted shall we say and it's got legal issues in the us so how how serious do you think that could potentially be given that of course they control the means of communication for clubs via Facebook, via WhatsApp, via Instagram? Yeah, obviously 42 states have sort of put in uh, a, a, a tender or a proposal to, 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 to break uh, Zuckerberg's, uh, you know, I'm talking about this solar systems. Yes. To break uh, it I, up. I still yes. maintain yeah, to break the solar system up. Well, it's, it's interesting to see because, I mean, we've been talking about this power for the last two years. Um, and and, I, and I've, I've been always telling you that, that politicians have no clue about how powerful these platforms are and how they, how they sort of structure opinions, how they lead discussions, uh, and how obviously also toxic and, 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 and fake news are, are taking place. Uh, and obviously, it's a, it's a big step for Facebook. It's a big step for Twitter to show, especially on on obviously my previous example of Donald Trump, we had that fake news being circulated that they can be flagged, um, and that's that's significantly important for the user, because there's still no handbook and no guideline how the internet works. A computer is totally silly. A computer can only do zeros and ones. A social platform is totally silly. Um, and and I, I described it in an interview in Germany. Is An online user is radicalized by himself. He doesn't know that he's radicalized with his opinions because he's the source of the problem, but he's also the victim of the problem. And he, creates his own echo he creates his own exactly. echo chamber. Yeah. Exactly. So, so basically... I search for Arsenal to maintain that example. Then Facebook learns that Mario is interested in Arsenal. In the beginning, the search results are 25 billion. Yeah? But when Mario continues to sort of closes the search corridor, the search window, obviously the computer gets smarter, the social platform gets smarter. So instead of giving me 25 billion results, it only gives me 10,000. But I lose my objective view because if I, and, and, and looking at Brexit, yeah, if, I, if I continuously search for Brexit, 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 obviously my window of content will be shrinked. And I will be more hardlining with the, with the information because I don't have the maintained campaign anymore. I don't have that on my radar at all because I only look for Brexit. And Brexit is, is the search functionality of the platform. So, um, so I'm the source of the problem. But nobody, yeah, no social media platform, no media, and only a little Mario Leo here and there sort of voices out that 
it's my responsibility on the PC to increase my search corridor, to, to increase my search radar. But who is Mario Leo? There should be a political campaign educating online user behavior, online user skills, because the media doesn't take the social responsibility in educating the, the society anymore because they're doing everything to sell their products and getting clicks. So they, their headlines will be coming more crucial, more controversial, bigger in font size, yeah, just to sell off their products. And media is not elaborating even the government-funded media like BBC, like the German ARD and ZDF, yeah, because they are funded by our tax money and they should have programs about how to educate online user behavior, online user skills for the wider audience, even the less fortunate. And because this is not taking place, every user just uses it and he gets radicalized by not knowing he's getting radicalized because he's just saying, oh, cool, yeah, I only have 2,000 search results. This is what I'm looking for. And if you have a, a child and, and your kid's going now into secondary school as well and will becoming students, they're using Google search constantly to search things. They're using Facebook search constantly. And obviously, we've, we've always discussed that search functionality on, on, on platforms is key. And obviously, now in the last week of, of the month, of the year, uh, we learn uh, this is the biggest search in Google and these are the biggest search on, on, on other platforms. So the platforms sort of clap on their shoulders saying, well, great, we can monitor all these searches, which means that Google controls our search rhythms, yeah? knows everything what Mario and Richard is searching for. They know everything, our user behavior. So they manipulate and radicalize us. And that's coming back to your original question. Obviously, that leads now that some politicians slowly have lights in their understanding of how these things work, saying, oh, no, uh, this is bad. Uh, this, they control it. We need to break it. Uh, this, is, this needs to be breaking because they control humanity. Honestly, with 1.3 billion users every day um, on Facebook and Instagram, you can't break it because as a politician, you cannot explain Mario Leo and his family. You cannot use Facebook anymore because it's bad. You cannot use Google anymore because it's bad. Yeah. See, we've been talking nine months now that, that in uh, city shopping, yeah, the shopping malls, city centers dying because everybody buys online. Who is the winner? Online. Because the marketplace where, 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 where we, we bought our products in the past, yeah, in, in the medieval times, yeah, the biggest sellers on the marketplace were, was the loudest speaker who had a solid product. But this marketplace is now completely controlled by, the, by Jeff Bezos. Yeah? Even if, if somebody wants to enter the marketplace, like Result Sports want to sell a product on Amazon, I can't sell it with my price because I have to... I have to adopt to the regulation of the marketplace and Amazon is the marketplace and sets terms and conditions. And if Amazon sees that the people buy LED light bulbs, the next step from Osram, the next step Amazon is doing, it's producing light bulbs and selling it as Amazon light bulbs with a third of the price of Osram light bulbs. And obviously, what will people buy? They will buy Amazon light bulbs because it's just natural. So online won't go away. 
and politicians have to make a clear mind that that it needs an online education of how these things work so the society can decide do i go to a trusted shop do i just gamble on it and and do my betting on that side yeah and it's the same with with these kind of things it's 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 very interesting to see um, and I and I see that 2021 and 2022 can be very strategic, but if Germany now decides that to ban Facebook and ban Instagram, people will use VPNs to go on the platforms because they've been used to it for the past 10 years and they've been they've been working with it and distributing and generating content and building a window of opportunity from themselves for the past 10 years. But but also, <laughs> they've built products that people like. You know, the, while, while it's considered toxic or it's considered bad now, people like them. And the reason we're absolutely right, if Germany did ban Instagram and Facebook, people would go on VPNs. Why? Because they like them. They are great products. Now, they're built, of course, to keep you within the, in, the, uh, in, the, in their orbit. You know, they're, they're built to their own ends, but they, they built over the first 10 years. I don't think Facebook made a cent in terms of profit. But Absolutely. Such a great and audience, such a great engaged audience that once everybody piled in, their growth was stratospheric. Absolutely. So getting in, ultimately, getting, it's getting a value exchange. Point. Absolutely. Getting into your point because they give for 10 years and then they yes. take yes. for a period of time. It's just exactly what you said. And, and they continue actually, to give. And they continue to get. And they continue, of course, because obviously they could change and, and make a subscription out of it and saying, if you want to use Facebook, it costs you a pound a month. They haven't. And it's fair enough that they haven't. And there are many, many solution providers out there who sort of, if you want to use it, then you have to pay for it. I mean, LinkedIn Premium, Xing Premium, yeah, Xing is this business B2B platform in Germany. They won't work. And, and, and having a paywall on, on media will not work because people will exchange their information where it's free. Because for me, media and news is free. And, and even I pay 50 euros per quarter to the government that they give me the BBC equivalent in Germany that it is a news distribution. So I pay for it that I want objective news. And it's so worth paying for. It. So, so I expect it free. Why should I pay for it when I already paid for it in a, in a, in a, in a sort of government-forced manner? We're moving slightly away from sport, but just to come back on a couple of things there. The BBC has come under huge pressure in the UK, not least because it's, it's pro, pro-government bias with regards to Brexit, etc. But also um, uh, people talking about defunding, etc. With all the echo bubbles out there and the need to have safe news. Actually, that is a model for the media to, uh, a way for the media to, to redevelop a business model based on truth because so little is actually trustworthy. And you know, when Trump came in, the New York Times had a huge Trump bump. And I think now they've just in the last year started to make more money from digital than print the New York Times, right? Which is another thing as well. But that, but that really became into focus because the news was under attack from people like Trump and people who come afterwards. And, and the need to have some objective truth was crucial because the only fact-checking organizations I can see out there are not for profits. So they are having to scrimp and save to get their valuable service out there. 
the, the one thing I want to get back to with regard to sport, there's a couple of other points I'll make, but we're, we're going down a political rabbit hole here. But um, <laughs> the, 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 the one thing I really wanted to get to talk to you about, as someone who I trust uh, implicitly with, with regard to um, data and uh, numbers and metrics and the, the, the verification and the truth that comes out of numbers, and you're a believer in that. I am hearing a lot at the moment about fake numbers. There's always been a noise around fake numbers, but there are rising questions around social media and particularly digital advertising that, you know, Procter and Gamble, for example, cut all their digital advertising, did not get any change in their business objectives, for example. And of course we rely, we, we, we buy our digital advertising from, the Facebooks and the Instagrams, which is all Facebook, of course, or Twitter, whatever it is. And the only reporting we get is from Facebook and from Twitter and from the organization. There isn't a, there isn't an independent verification of those advertising numbers. And of course, bots can automatically click on something and create a positive number where there isn't one. So how much can we trust the numbers that we get from Facebook, all the other social media platforms, and particularly their digital advertising platforms? That's a very, 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 very good question, which, which, which we monitor really also for the last four or five years. Uh, and we always get, get a little bit cautious, let's say, uh, when, when suddenly, let's say, an, an algorithm change appears that, that significantly decreases impressions. And mostly it's about impression. Um, and and, and imp impression is, is really, for me, a term which explains this is the number you could have reached. Yeah? And, 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 and we always talk in reach because this is the actual number people have read it, yeah? have sort of stopped their thumb on, on, on your piece of content for a split second. Um, and obviously, um, Facebook needed to change to adopt to saying, yeah, we should get to a three second and not count just like a click on it. Um, it's, it's becoming a, a step towards professionalism uh, and, and a step to clarity. There are actually countries in Europe, and, and I, name, I name one specifically, Austria, where there is a government-instructed neutral body analyzing and publicly, openly state the reality of, of reach and numbers for sponsors to really look into it and saying, are these numbers you're telling me as a club are really the same? I check with this government-neutral body if they are really what, what, you, what you tell me they are. Um, and, and I think that's, that's something very smart to do. Um, but to be really honest, because we, that's why I went that, that down that political route earlier, yeah, with, with the world full of lobbyists today, yeah, where, where even politicians can't decide on, on, their, on their mandate by, by the public because a lobbyist basically also tells him that it's beneficial or not and, and we will fund this or not. Um, is, is, I think lobbyism is, is something which, which has to be, be, be tackled uh, first. Uh, by by humans and by society, and I remember back. I mean, both you and me are kindly similar age, uh, few 
few years apart. But I remember in the 1980s when I was a teenager, my mom and, and dad telling me, it's like, we can't trust these politicians uh, because these are all teachers. These are all lawyers. They do things for their own interest. They don't, they are not, they are not educated or they're not like a professional politician. Today, I, I go back and saying the problem is we have now professional politicians who don't stand with two feet on the neutral ground, who don't have the day-to-day -day life experience of society. And that's, and that's the opposite way of what we had uh, a generation ago. And I think these generational changes, and that's why I'm so happy that, that youth um, has found a topic with climate change and climate neutral, uh, um, neutral um, approaches, that, that, that youth takes the voice. Because ultimately in digital, you and me have grown up with newspapers. I like sometimes linear TV on, on very specific programs I like to watch. Um, but my kids, they don't. And we are just a gateway. Yeah, we are just a gateway of, of setting standards of how digital should work while our children are completely digital and setting possibly aligning or modifying those standards. But we should all start to determine standards in digital. Um, and, and that's why um, the, the, the Nielsen approach of having a cost per mill advertising fee going out, I, I say, and, then, and, and then this being forced into digital as well and, and, and being used as a metrics of calculation for sponsors on social media, it's the wrong thing to do. Because, because a cost per mill on TV and radio, it, it was, we always knew it's an estimate. It's just an estimate. But in digital, we can we can check if Mario, Leo, and Richard Clark talked 59 minutes and 22 seconds, and how much exposed they were to 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 content, to brands, to products. So it should be much easier to determine clear values, clear numbers, and associate them with a clear. Num uh, value of, of commercial value with it because it's 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 uh, there should be a, a a a standard term around the world and I'm, that's something I'm 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 working on but obviously I'm again a single voice in many things because many other competitors they they don't go as open around the world they they think it's the holy grail of secret and and it's it's a it's a commercial driven thing but let me. My belief, that's my personal belief, and you know that I also always give a lot, and, and, and in my return, I don't expect a lot because I only see myself as being, like I said, a little light bulb in a very long history of mankind. Um, but, I want, but also with the book, I, I said I, 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 have a, a, I have a public opinion. It's not only a single opinion. My, my opinion, especially in digital, is, is listened to, not widely, but but some people might 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 take it but i said it's really important um to 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 really have something tangible and grabbable and understanding in digital because we just like i said our our children we just we we're just building a framework and a foundation and that foundation needs to be as solid as possible because you don't want a chip into implemented in every kind uh, with the clock and saying, oh, you earn so much and, and your clock expires, you're dead. Sorry, uh, you've got to leave because that might be in one of those science fiction movies. I've, I've seen it already. Um, and, that's not, and that's not the world I want to leave behind, uh, leave behind for, for my children. I want, I, want, 
uh, a world of equal cha um, chances. I want I want a, a world and, and something to leave behind for 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 my kids to to be value to be worth living for and enjoy enjoy life yeah because there's only one planet and there's only one life and obviously you have to make the best of it you can complain half of your life or you look into solutions and change areas where you think things go wrong and advertisement is something i've always been very conscious on and not the highest bidder not the biggest budget determines the the framework there can be standards and because it's who you want to reach. If you want to reach sort of the, the gold package of my target audience, it's more expensive than the broader, wider reach of, 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 of the fan base. There needs to be clusters and they need to be determined. And for me, there could be a global standard on those things. And that has to be resolved. And own interest, self-interest have to stick away and the framework has to be built for the future. But there's no global standard at the moment. And Austria is the only country you know that does that? Uh, there's there's two or three more countries, but they they have a political stance, obviously, right. where, where obviously you, you can be with a headache associated with it. But Austria right. is the only one where 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 I I would believe there's a, a neutral stand on things. And so just to actually, be clear, so going yeah. so far, just just one more sentence. Actually, going so far that if an Austrian football club or the Austrian football federation or the Austrian dartboard federation wants to launch a TikTok profile that they have to go to this independent uh, organization to buy a license that this license can be measured. So it costs them a little bit, not by the platform, but by the independent monitoring system that they have now an official profile on this platform, which needs to be measured. And, and I think that's the right approach to do because in Germany, we have a political party who wants to now put a tax on parcels which are being ordered by online by an online shop market? Tax on parcels. I mean, how stupid is that? Where every store, like the Media Markt, like the Curries and everything, they sell they they send parcels as well because you can buy on their online website as well. But they wouldn't be taxed. Only text parcels by Amazon and others, which is completely stu stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, just the wider point of that is, yeah, the yeah. Fact, is the fact that they don't pay tax. And that's my big, we talked before about, you know, yeah. they get hammered. The issue is they don't pay sufficient tax on their vast earnings. Yeah, you know, Jeff Bezos and, and his wife and his ex-wife can give as much money to charity as they want. But unless you pay tax on it, I have zero respect for, for, for you because I want, because I can vote out a government if they're not using my tax dollars correctly, I can't vote you out and you've, you've if, uh, used the tax system just to gain money. This is getting very socialist, isn't it? This is getting very socialist, Mario. <laughs> From your perspective, I would say yes, I would agree. <laughs> I mean, I'm a solution-driven guy because when you see, see, see when you make a tent, let's, let's, let's take the fact now. So California, Texas, the online companies yeah, who have all the headquarters in California, Jeff Bezos, Amazon Mark Seattle, Zuckerberg, yeah. Amazon yeah, Seattle, yeah, correct. So, Seattle, so Washington State and California, they would basically align themselves and saying, now let's tax them. So, the, so Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Alphabet as the main organization behind, behind Google, they would put out a global tender to, 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 where, to a country where they host their data centers. And obviously, then you would have Nigeria possibly raising their head and saying, well, yeah, we've, we've, we've greatly connected to the, to the global internet 
chain to the cable. Yeah, we can host your data center here and you determine the laws. So Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, they will always find a place where they will comply through their local data storage. So this is the completely wrong approach to just put them under sort of the tax barrier. You need to really tackle them where it hurts them, yeah, in their business models, where every advertisement revenue, they have to be transparent. And we, we obviously know, because if you make a campaign, you know how much you spend. And, and this is basically from this advertisement revenue spent on the platforms, which is the main revenue perspective, perspective of the, the of the platforms of every of the platform of these revenue at revenue there will be taxed on i think that's fair because they still then it's 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 much more because then people then advertisers will say hey i want to be on because advertisers want to be on the platform because that's where the audience is it's on them and on amazon it's on facebook it's on instagram it's on tiktok that's why people go there and you shouldn't have a framework where the best the, the platform gets the highest revenue just because it has less taxes on these things yeah its business model is slightly adapted and i think that's the biggest impact that's what i wanted to get to in my earlier discussion if we always look into a commercial driven humanity humanity will be dead because self interest own interest will always stand above everything and that, else and that applies to sport and especially football absolutely 100%. See, the European Super League yeah. with the best European teams will come because ultimately the pandemic is, is, a, is, 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 an, is, is speeding up that process. Absolutely. Because we're getting frustrated about a 7-0 win of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. We want competition. It's just like going back to the medieval, to the Roman age and saying we want bread and games. Bread and games. And this is kind of the entertainment, but this is boring entertainment if you have somebody with superpower yeah, is facing somebody with less superpowers. Yeah? And, 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 that's, and that's why this, the European Super League will eventually come from my perspective, because ultimately we want the, the best people to compete. In my book, I forecasted that World Cups will not take place every four years from 2030 onwards, but will be every two years. Because we don't want friendlies. Nation League shows it that we don't, people and the audience don't want friendly matches. And even Nations League is seen as a friendly competition. Yes, with, with, with promotion and relegation. But to what stand that Liechtenstein will play Gibraltar next season because they promoted? They want Germany. Yeah, they want England in, in that competition as well. And, and they would even have friendlies when, when these teams come. Um, so it needs to be balanced. And that's why I'm saying we need a completely different, less commercially driven world, but a value driven world, a value driven society. Uh, absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's interesting because I read a book by a guy called Alan Kruger, Rockonomics. It was about obviously the economics of, of the music industry, which went through its digital revolution with Napster, et cetera. And it's broadly recovered, albeit it's changed, albeit it's changed its, um, its nature, a lot more emphasis on touring. But one thing he did argue um and i think this is what is going to happen on the on the basis of the pandemic in sport he argued that the digital revolution in music what it did it it created a huge gap so there was an elite at the top that could earn mega 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 bucks 
and there are a lot of people who could do it as a as a reasonable side gig music is a reasonable side gig but there wasn't a whole lot in between and it forced the extremities down so do you see something similar within sport where you get a european super league where you've got top 16 clubs playing each other week on week and then you've got the poverty of the lower half of the bundesliga the lower half of the premier league which and that gap is exacerbated and and they're almost playing a different style of game to a certain extent i mean i've seen people even talk about to even talk about var which is a controversial topic so the europe it it, it would it would have a european super league would have var all over it and the national leagues wouldn't right because it would be hard to implement and it would be uh, uh, expensive to implement and so you're almost getting two strands two strands of a similar game you know, or with different authority on it. Do you see something like that happen? I've seen actually the thing is the same thing applied to healthcare. Actually, where where the technology will lead to uh, the rich being able to afford a different type of healthcare. But but let's not go back into politics. Let's stick with sport. Yeah, but, but that, you have you're, it in education. Yeah, in education. Education. Yeah. education as well. <laughs> education as well. But but let, let yeah, that so. that analogy about sport that 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 huge divergence. Do you see that coming on the back of? the digital revolution which covid has accelerated i, I the accelerate the discussion is is definitely definitely happening and, and i can i can i can really see that because because what do, what does strive best yeah when the deloitte's financial report yeah when the bryce waterhouse cooper's financial report it's always financial reports yeah move from first to second move from fifth to fourth yeah it's all about a commercial driven yeah if 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 the the neutral facilitator would saying this is what whatever liverpool has done for the community this is liverpool has done for humanity this is this is what liverpool has done for sustainability then obviously we talk in a very, very different ballgame. Then we talk about really society values. And I think, obviously, with, and that's what I mean, with a commercial-driven world, with, ev- with economics and dollars and euros and pounds standing above everything else, we always struggle. And it doesn't have to be socialistic. Not what I'm saying. It's just it, it needs a different valuation result sports products yeah they sold in germany for x they sold in nigeria for z yeah for a probably a a fraction for probably three percent because it needs to be the gdp yes it's a commercial driven thing but but the gdp needs to be standing into where where the audience is because you need to go fan centric and you need to see where the audience are and the relevance are i think when when gates open clubs will realize that being dependent on broadcasting money is 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 reality because people will not come back in those masses will not fill the stadium as easy unless you're really winning all the games yeah so the cup will be full yeah but but many others won't be uh, and especially the second tier teams they won't be um and 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 the, and the lower half of the premier league teams they won't be full they won't be selling out in front of selling out crowds because they don't have the solution-driven approach to to fan centricity to be to be bonded with the audience. They always have this journalistic going out mode in in telling nice nice match day news. But it's it needs to be like I said, it needs to be a very very different perspective. So um, 
coming back to the original question, yes, I see that these things are threatening football, but the technology is also threatening football as we, we love it to be. We love it. It's been a simple game where the referee has, has been the decisive person. And, and obviously in many African countries, you know, bribery. But we had that bribery in the 50s, 60s as well, where we lost, where we got a penalty against us. We don't know why. Yeah, and then there was a, 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 a cast of beer or cradle of beer uh, in, in the referee's trunk after the game and probably 20 euros or 20 German marks in that. And then, but, but you discussed it and then you went. It's just because obviously that the financial impact of the Super Leagues is so big that it's just economically driven. And the, and, the, and the individual, single football fan feel, feels outnumbered, feels not, feels not listened to, feels not being taken care of. And that's, that's a big, big danger. Um, and that danger also will, will, fa- will, will be facing by the Olympic Games and will be faced by all the other sports who are just economically driven sports. And that's why I'm saying it, it needs to be humanity needs to come in and, and common sense need to come in. And you can talk about the UK football solidarity, about the German football solidarity. In reality, the solidarity ends when there is qualification for a European competition, when there is championship, or when there's relegation. A relegation-battled club will never be solidarity to all the others because he's facing the commercial impact of going down. And then again, we're coming into economics and commercial impact of going down. Yes, the parachute is one mechanism to solve that. But, what, but at what cost? I mean, we had this discussion four years ago. Brighton and Hove Albion would have gone in, in liquidation if they would have not been promoted to, to the Premier League. And, and many other clubs would have, would have gone as well because the financial game of being part of the top 20 Premier League teams is risking half of the championship clubs. It's always economically driven. Um, and therefore, that needs to change. And, and, this, and, and the, voice, the, ma- the voice of the masters, which are just at the moment independent voices, they need to become together. And, and, but there's no means at the moment for them together because obviously broadcasters um, are, are dictating just literally the, the, the tone of, of, of the license holder. So the licensee needs to reconsider. I think the other thing that's at play here is that the assumption is everyone's assumed that the fans are going to come back, right? That, 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 that everyone's going to be vaccinated by the middle of the summer or the end of the summer or whatever it is. And the fans are going to come back and have the same uh, desire to have the same sort of experiences. And I think that that's a woolly assumption. And you're right in that people... I did a, a podcast with a guy called Rich Luca, and he's described it. Who's uh, who does ESPN Sports Poll, and okay. he he um, he described it thus, and I really like this analogy. That you know a two percent solution, you know a, sol- a solution where the active ingredient is two percent uh, that you might apply to your body for some sort of ailment. Well, he argues that the relationship with your club is the 2% solution. And 98% of the other stuff is to just get the 2%, which is why he, he, that analogy works. You are, you are taking on 100% of something to get the 2% that is incredibly active. And that is a positive relationship with your 
team that elicits some emotion that makes you feel at home that reinforces your identity etc etc and the interesting point will be and I would love to see this I've sat through so many CRM presentations and really all they want and it's called customer relationship management and obviously it's based on data all it is is trying to sell me stuff right <laughs> it's not trying to develop a relationship which is that two percent it's just trying to yeah. sell me stuff the acid test the acid test will be using crm as a relationship tool which i know everyone says it should be but basically it's email marketing to sell me stuff exactly bring me to the game bring me to that that's why i i honestly don't believe in in any brand steering wheel mod model because it's artificial it's not reality we need to go down to to the reality yes you can apply models but it has to be fan centric yeah and and the voice will come from the fan centric back to the club that's why i i'm, I'm sometimes smiled at or laughed at when i said a journalist in the social media team is the wrong person because the social media because the journalist gets in his education explained yeah, when your article is published, your job is done. Yeah, you receive feedback on it, positive or negative, but your job is done. A psychologist gets into the engagement. He talks to the individual. He acknowledges positive and negative things. That's why I'm saying there should be a psychologist in every social media department looking into why this person argues the way it is, why this person argues one with 10 points, with 10 posts I make, 10 individual things. What can I do him that he changes his opinion? Because he's an opinion leader. Who does he implement? Who does he affect? Who does he influence? Um, and it needs to be fan-centric. And I've, I've been always saying, saying that for, for many years. It's not, not the right thing to look to over-commercialize everything and to, to get the last quid or the last pence, penny out of, out of the individual. This is completely wrong. And, and email marketing... Um, yeah, yes, of course, yeah, because it's, it's, it's sort of an own controlled mechanism to communicate with somebody. Um, but if you don't know what the person reads and how much time he spends on what he reads, yeah, so if you don't look into real data, what this person interests, what this person's topics he reads most, he engages most, um, then, then it's completely wrong. If you just look into the op open rate and saying, well, my opening rate is 40% and the industry standard is 10%, and that's successful. That's not. That's not data. Yeah, that's just still. That's just like a social media follower. Yeah, it's just like one like or 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 a heart on Instagram. It's 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 nothing. It's just. And and you look when you look into the sports stars. Yeah, when they like something. Obviously, media in Germany we have that very often because obviously of the political impact. Mesut Özil and Ilkay Gündogan has done with the shirt post with Erdogan in London. Obviously, it, it, even a like to a controversial political post is seen that the, the, the player is sort of buying in or is approving this post by this political party or by this, by this interest group. While for a real player, a like on something is just a read receipt. Yeah? Remember Outlook 2014, 2015, you could send a message saying a read receipt yeah, that you had approved. Yeah, Richard Clark has read my email. You don't have that anymore. So, but, but, but it's very similar because they've grown up in that way that they do it as a read receipt and saying, yeah, I've read it. It's okay. 
uh, just that so so you know I've I've read it. Yeah, it's just like some some marking that that he, that the person has has sort of um, seen that post. That's what I'm saying. We sh- there need to be different matrix, standard matrix to be um, um, allocated and looked at to be standardized that everybody talks about the same topics because even though social media is 10 years old, there are still companies again also in the, in the digital marketing and in the monetization space who just, who just uses terms which, which are not right. Um, and impression is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And also the other thing is that just a, a tapping into my, question about facebook marking its own homework with regard to its advertising platform and all of them actually not just facebook but the other thing is you you're going to have to have marketers let go of the obsession with big numbers right because at the moment they know it's very efficient because a hundred dollars a day buys me x well but it's not that that x isn't a real number if you want a real number it's going to be it's going to be a fifth of x Right, and you've got to let go of the obsession with the big number for what is actually real. And 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 honestly, we 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 work with clubs where we're saying it's like if we spend X, we have to calculate on our own communication environment what it what what Y brings back. So if I spend X, let's say I I want to push a post on Facebook because I think that's great, but then but then. I just give Facebook money to push something on their own platform and Facebook dictates the, the laws. So, so we say we only push things which give us a return, yeah, which brings us visitors to the website, to some really tangible and, and meaningful content, or brings us to a merchandising, which gives us revenue in terms of merchandise. And we calculate, we spend 100, we earn 500, Okay, it was worthwhile because it's a factor five. If we just look at economically or commercially, um, and the same we do with with the sponsors. But when we do campaigning with the sponsors, um, we we ask the sponsors who do we want, who do who does he want to reach? It's not that I control it as a social media guy when I run the campaign and I put it in my hands, and then of course then I can spend with my hundred with my hundred quid. Uh, on Facebook marketing, I can campaign in Bangladesh and in Pakistan, and I reach 3 million people, and I go back to the sponsor and saying, here, 100 quid gives you 3 million people. And he goes back to the next sponsorship agreement and saying, wow, this club has given me 100 bucks, 3 million people, I want you to do me the same. And then I said, how did he do it? Because it's a vanity number. That's why, where do you want to reach? Who do you want to reach? Which age group? Which gender, which geographical location, and what outcomes you want, and what outcomes you want? Outcomes do you want? Ultimately. Exactly. Do you want reach? Do you want views? Do you want a, a, a landing page yeah, to be reached? And then I can calculate how many people really come to the landing page, and then I can compare what Facebook's given me to the actual outcome on my own platforms, which I only I, I own measure uh, with my own measure, with my own tools, with my own KPIs. Everything. Social media is 10 years old. If you don't have a KPI associated to every activity, you're wasting time, you're wasting resources, and you heavily waste money. Right. Last question. And we've talked about the big picture, how everything should change. Buy Mario's book. I'm waiting for it to come out in in English. I've mentioned it in the intro, and there's all links to Mario. 
um, in the in the uh, show notes. All that will be mentioned in the intro as well. In the intro as well. Last question. All right. So you've talked about big picture, but if you were running a club account, right? If you're running club social media accounts, club content, what practical things? A couple of practical bits of advice would you offer yourself for the for the next year for the next year yep i would i would i would be completely fan centric i would i would give each platform a specific role to fulfill in my overall strategy and in my overall kpi world so if i determine if i have four platforms facebook instagram twitter and tiktok not YouTube, because YouTube, obviously, I don't have the exclusivity on content because that's usually with the broadcaster. So I'm, I'm a club. I would, I would possibly not use YouTube because press conferences to be on a video archive are not really meaningful all the time. Um, so I would, I would opt for these platforms. I would, I would have TikTok as being the cool nurturing platform where I show basically how, how cool my is you know, how, how basically we engage with, with the youngsters, how we engage with the content, how we're staying hip and trendy. Then obviously I would go into the next education or, or, or age group and saying Instagram. Instagram is my entertainment platform where I'm really entertaining the audience. There will be no sponsors. There will be no um, static visuals. It's all about video content, about the functionality, about coolness of the 15 to 30-year-olds. Um, there will be some shop access points you know, to my shop windows uh, because obviously it's it's it, it's it's very possible or it's it's so easily done. Facebook would be my highlight platform where I sort of have very engaging audience with the thirty to sixty year old. I would just give them highlights because the older you get, the more con- you consume. So I would obviously use more more less engaging but but more consuming style of of content. Um, Twitter would be my, my media platform because that's where media publishers want to get the latest resource, but also my cross-promotional platform where I can show, see the latest things here and there. And everything would be KPI-driven. Um, I, would, I would get clear monthly KPIs in terms of reach, in terms of engagement, in terms of nurturing coming to my own platforms, to my website, to my app, because that's where I can really control the audience and the reach. And I would cluster basically um, four target audience groups in my fan sending approach. Somebody who is interested, who is following me, but not engaging. I would try to bring, bring him from following to engaging and would identify what, what content, what formats, what types he, it requires to get somebody engaged. And then somebody who is engaged, I would, I would nurture to become um, a fan. Um, and, and, and a fan who is really sort of getting his per, leaving his personality secondary and the club, the 2% you were talking about, uh, th- those 2% would be then my fan. And then the last item would be a consumer, uh, somebody who I, don't, who I try to merge through. So 100% people are interested, 10% to 15% are engaging. Yeah, of these 10%, 15% engaging are probably 2 to 3% really fans. Uh, and then from these 3% who really are fans, only 1% or 0.5 of those percent are really consumers. And obviously, I don't, not 100% can be consuming. 
they can consume content, but they cannot, they will not buy my products. And I have to be realistic on that. So obviously I, 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 I try to get the 10% engaged to 15% engaged. I try to get 2% consume being a fan to 5% fan. And that's not because of sporting success. It's just because of my overall role in society. So about sustainability, about maintaining things, about the less fortunate, about a foundation, about helping other teams and clubs to give coaching access. Because I have coaching staff. I probably have 30 coaches uh, in, my, in my staff. I can coach other teams, yeah? the, 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 the non-professional league teams. I could coach them. I could be a center of excellence and sharing my knowledge with the others to see what it really requires to become from a youth boy to become a professional football player. It's not an easy way uh, anymore. It's not that easy scouting. And, and scouting starts at 7 and 8 and 9. It's, it's, again, crazy kind of uh, evolution um, to, to identify that early. Of, obviously, technology helps a lot. And you, you put them all in a database. And, and it seems like that everything every data point is becoming an economical commercial point. And I don't like that. And I don't like that evolution that everything is being monetized. That's without being socialistic though. <laughs> well, having put the world to rights over the past hour and a half or so, Mario Leo, thank you very much. I'll see you next year. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward fifth anniversary next year. <laughs> <laughs> You can find Sports Content Strategy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com. Mr.